Welcome to Unite Immigrant Families. I'm Rosemary Vega, an immigration attorney with over 20 years of experience uniting and keeping families together. If you are looking for immigration information, stick around and listen to me and my fellow immigration attorneys as we discuss what's new and debunk myths. Please note, this is not legal advice and no legal advice will be given on this podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Unite Immigrant Families. Today, we're going to talk about modern day slavery and immigration, which is human trafficking and T visas. I have some wonderful guests today. I have Chiki Sanchez Kennedy and Vanessa Perez from GERP. GERP stands for Galveston Houston Immigrant Representation Project. Chiki, can you tell us about GERP? And thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Rosemary. I love being here. Um, so, Vanessa Liz, uh, who's not here today, and I set out in 2020 to create a nonprofit um, that was focused exclusively on immigration legal services. Um, and since then, our services have grown, but principally, we provide immigration legal services to detained and released individuals in the community um, and in Galveston. We're the first nonprofit in Galveston providing legal services there. Wow, Galveston must really need some help. Oh my gosh. Yes. So we are building up the Galveston practice and really hoping to be a resource for the community. Those, those barriers to getting to Houston are just insurmountable for a lot of immigrants in Galveston needing legal representation. Great, great. And we have Vanessa here today as well. And Vanessa is also an attorney over at GERP. Thank you, Vanessa, for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Rosemary. I'm really happy to be here. Great. And my understanding is you are their ex you're the expert on basically human trafficking for GERP. <laughs> yes, I've been working with survivors of human trafficking and other violent crimes um, since 2017. And yeah. I've been focusing and also worked um, with many survivors of human trafficking. Great, great. So, Vanessa, what? tell me, what is human trafficking? Well, human trafficking is like your title for this podcast says, is the modern day slavery. Um, it is a crime that happens when a trafficker controls by force, fraud, or coercion another person to make them... Um, enter into commercial sex or enter into labor trafficking and making them um, do something against their will. Okay. Okay. And is it similar to like smuggling? So um, it, there is a difference between mm -hmm. smuggling and human trafficking. Um, smuggling involves transportation. So there is a, um, a misconception that trafficking involves only transportation of a person, but it does know um, it, it involves more than that. Um, smuggling is a crime against the border. And if you have a person that it's, um, you know, tra transporting um, persons through the border without permission, then um, it is considered smuggling. And that person and the person being smuggled are, are also considered um, that are violating the law. Okay. Uh, but in trafficking, um, the person that's being transported for the purposes of trafficking um, is is considered a survivor of human trafficking. So there is a difference. Um, smuggling is the unauthorized um, crossing of the border. Okay. Well, can I chime in? Sure, absolutely. I was going to say something about the, the interplay between the two because right. I find it very interesting that 
oftentimes we see in the survivors program that smuggling ends up turning into trafficking. Yeah. And I guess that's where the confusion lies, right? Mm -hmm. Because some people, smuggling is basically a contract. I'm in, let's say, Mexico, and I make a contract with a coyote to bring me to the United States. My intention is solely for that. Mm -hmm. But then something else happens. The coyote's intention is something totally different. Mm -hmm. That's right? right. That's right. So you're, you find yourself in a situation that you didn't sign up for. Right. And all of a sudden, and we have actually several clients have had in the past and, and currently that they are then taken to a home and forced to do, you know, sex trafficking and um, prostitution or uh, labor. So I think that that distinction kind of gets muddied um, for sure in our practice and in the public when, when we talk about those two distinct, those, those two um, areas of law. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to ask, who can be trafficked? Well, um, that's another misconception. People would think that only um, young girls or immigrants are being trafficked, but that's not um, the case. We have cases where we had um, grown adults, men, being trafficked um, to labor trafficking and to work in horrible conditions or um, not being, they are, are offered something and they, um, the labor is different than what they've been offered. So definitely um, the law doesn't distinguish between being an immigrant or a citizen or gender or age. Um, it could involve anyone. Yeah. And so I'm always hearing that Houston is the hub for sex trafficking. Right. And is, is that true? Well, um, Houston's been recognized one of the um, high risk cities because of um, its location. Mm -hmm. It is very close to the border, and it's also um, part of the three cities that um, make the triangle, um, um, the Texas Triangle, what is called three big cities that are um, connected by interstate highways. So um, the movement, um, it's very easy um, for traffickers, and so it, it makes the city a high-risk um, trafficking place. Wow, okay. And we're I hear, you know, sex trafficking and I hear labor trafficking. Is there any other type of trafficking? Um, there is no other type of trafficking. It is what is recognized is the sex trafficking, which is, the, um, you know, the um, forcing a person to or by fraud or coercion to um, engage in forced prostitution or commercial sex. Then you have labor trafficking, which involves um by force, fraud, or coercion to um, making or making a person to do a labor or work um, under circumstances that are not recognized or are not the most um, um, lawful um, right. to make them work against their will. Okay. And yeah. And then, but then you have, I guess, do they consider children or child trafficking a little bit separate from adults? So yes. So. Um, the way I see it, I don't see it different, but the children definitely have some except exceptions. Um, the um, sex trafficking, you don't have to show force, fraud, or coercion um, just to minors if they, they are considered to be induced in sex trafficking 
just by being minors. Mm -hmm. um, so there is no showing of the element that's known as the means. Um, and also there is um, some exceptions about cooperating with investigation right. in, when involves minor. Okay. So let's go back to sex trafficking. I mean, do you find sex trafficking in like the topless bars that are here? I mean, Houston has mm -hmm. tons and tons mm -hmm. of topless bars. Is that an area where sex trafficking happens? Well, um, it depends. Yes. Um, it could be an area where sex trafficking is happening. It's just um, looking at the elements of trafficking. It is very difficult. Sometimes it goes under the radar and it's very difficult to determine if a case, like if you have to look at the elements if um, a particular place is being where sex trafficking is occurring. Okay. So let's take one of the, any topless bar, right? Mm -hmm. There are some women who do maybe go do work at these topless bars because they're paying their because they're paying their own way through college or whatnot. And so that's their voluntary. They're there voluntarily. And then you have other women who may not be there voluntarily. Is that what the difference is? Well, there are many, yeah, there are different elements that mm -hmm. need to be um, considered in okay. cases like that. Um, we do have, if I can give an example. Yes, please. There is a huge case that came in Houston in 2005. It's called the Mondragon case, um, where women was, were being recruited back in home countries in Central America, mm -hmm. and they were brought to the United States with the um, idea they were going to be waitress at these cantinas. And yeah. when they came, they forced them into prostitution because they owe money due to coming to the United States, like a recruitment, or you could say maybe a smuggling fee. Um, they they forced them like to pay the debt, and that debt kept increasing by interest, or if they for example, decided not to work one day or were sick or had to pay for medical bills, they would increase the debt. And so they were forced to stay there and transport it from home to the cantina and back from the cantina to the homes. And that's, for example, um, where you can see the elements of human trafficking. There yeah. was a recruitment back in home country. They were transported to the United States um, under fraud because they were thinking they were coming to work as a waitress. And then... Um, they were forced to stay and engage in commercial sex. So you could see all the three elements in trafficking, the, the process where they were recruited, the means, force, and, and fraud, and coerced to by threats, using threats, and then the end was um, to, to force prostitution. Right. I remember that case. I remember the Modrigon case. Um, I, I was actually working at YMCA at mm -hmm. the time. And so... Uh, we did work closely with the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office at that time on these cases. And I remember the FBI investigating. I remember they, you know, when they told us, okay, this is our plan. You need to be ready because we're going to have an influx of all of these survivors. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. It, they, you saw a lot of what you're talking about, the recruitment in home country those survivors didn't know they were coming here to be in prostitution. They want, they thought they were coming here to be either a waitress or a nanny or something else. Their intent was completely different, but the smugglers intent was, okay, we're going to use you as prostitutes. Mm -hmm. And you're right. That fee just kept going up and up and up and they couldn't leave where they were living. They were, 
they were forced to stay in a certain place and they their documents were taken from them. I remember all of that. So that's very typical of a lot of human trafficking, is it right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So so there's human trafficking rings, right? Because it this the Modregon case, when they prosecuted that, that was a huge yes, case. Yeah. And it was a huge ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is lots of people involved with this. So is it normally where it's a ring of people or organized crime that are doing human trafficking? Not really. We've seen um, it is. Yeah, it's those are the big rings. Um, yeah. But you can. I got plenty of cases. Maybe more than the more than half of the cases that I've worked with that involve just the person trafficking one um, victim or survivor. For example, I had a case of um, a woman that entered the United States with the visa, and um, she met. Um, her husband, her future husband, they got married, and then the husband started um, making her feel bad because she wasn't contributing to their home until one day after uh, making her feel really bad about the situation, forced her to go to a strip club and uh, forced her into prostitution. And that was her husband. And so she um, did qualify for a T visa. Um, she was able to escape that situation. Um, she felt bad because she overstayed her visa. She didn't have a status here and she had children. So he forced her, um, threatening with um, taking her children or calling immigration. Right. Yes. Well, and that's, a, that's one person mm-hmm. who was her husband mm-hmm. who was forcing mm-hmm. her into prostitution yes. at a topless bar. Yeah. So there's a good example of how it can go totally undetected yes. because it's the husband. Mm-hmm. And so that that's a really good story to let our listeners know that it can happen to anyone yes. at any point. Mm-hmm. You know, even your husband can force you into prostitution mm-hmm. um, or labor trafficking. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So labor trafficking, it can really go undetected because a lot of times the labor from what I've seen is labor, they're forced to stay in the home. Yes. Yeah. So there's different. Yeah. I've seen different cases. I remember one where it got, it went undetected for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big case too. I work with a couple of um, survivors. They were recruited back in home country in Philippines to, to work as welders here in the United States. They even got a work visa to come here. That work visa um, expired four months after, mm-hmm. and they never heard about renewal. They were forced to stay, and they stayed um, working because they had um, loans to pay for their recruitment fee to come here and work as welders. And um, they were forced to stay and work on horrible conditions. They lived like 30 men in one house, four bedrooms and three bathroom bathrooms. They slept on the floor. Um, they worked long hours. They were um, paid less than promised, and they they stayed years in that situation until they were able to escape with the law enforcement help. And after, for example, one of my clients, after ten years, he was able to to visa um, reunite with um, her family. His oh family. wow! Yes, after so long, that's yes. I'm glad they were able to reunite. So let's talk about the T visa. So that's the visa that's for human trafficking, correct? Yes. Okay. What are the elements of a T visa? 
So the elements of activism, you have to show that um, you were a survivor of severe forms of human trafficking. We already talked about the types of human trafficking and what um, elements are required to show. You also have to show that you've been um, physically present in the United States on account of human trafficking and that you are physically present on account of trafficking um, at the moment of your filing your application. You must also show, um, a survivor must also show that um, they've been helping with investigation and cooperating. Um, and the, here comes an exception for minors. Minors don't have to show that they um, are cooperating with investigation. Also, people that are survivors that have suffered mental health um, issues that will um, impede them to cooperate with investigation can um, request for an exception. And... Um, and the last one is that they will suffer extreme hardship if they are removed and sent back to their home country. Yeah, um, I have a question. So there, there seems to be some confusion as well as to um, the trafficking. The I guess the trafficking happens on. Oh no, you come in on account of the trafficking. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. there is a lot of confusion mm -hmm. about yes. that, right? It's people are thinking, well, I didn't come here. To be trafficked, or I didn't come in and was trafficked right away. I didn't wasn't trafficked when I came, mm -hmm. so <clears throat> they don't think they can qualify for a T visa, which that's not actually the case, correct? Yeah, yeah that's right, Rosemary. Um, just like I say for that case um, where my client was trafficked by her husband, she came with a visa. She overstayed. Um, she stayed more than longer, um, more more than she was um, allowed to, and then she was trafficked. So there is no um, need to show that you came to the United States while being trafficked um, or with the purposes of trafficking. You could have come uh, for any other reasons and then being trafficked. Yeah. And I think that's very, very important. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's very, very important because, you know, there's I know there's a yearly cap, mm -hmm. right, of T visas, yes. mm -hmm. but it's never reached. No, it's right. 5,000 um, T visas that are allowed to be. Um, granted per year, it's never meant. Yeah. Right. So that, I mean, some people might say, wow, 5,000, that's not a lot because that's nationwide. Mm -hmm. 5,000 yearly cap and it's never been met. That's yeah. that's amazing mm -hmm. to me because mm -hmm. especially noticing that it, it could happen to anyone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that means that it goes undetected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So... How how can people be on the lookout for human trafficking or something like that? Or how would they know that they might qualify for a T visa? Yes, sure. Um, now, well, do, the first thing that I try, for example, when I'm doing a consultation with a client, um, is trying to figure out the conditions they were. Um, for example, if it is a wife, because you can also be um, trafficked in your marriage if you are treated as a slave or for involuntary servitude. And so I try to ask the questions of, like, um, what work did you do? Um, on what conditions? What, um, and that's for labor trafficking. Mm -hmm. uh, what work were you doing if, they, if you were offered something that was not um, given or if you're being paid less or how many hours and if that... Um, it's, you know, lawful, or if they've been working for more than it is permitted, or 
they're not they don't get any rest or um they have to work standing they have no conditions um not yeah that will make this um the work or their labor um um like yeah yeah it would be a really bad or they're it's just very bad conditions mm -hmm. and it's um long hours usually they are I always say it's kind of like psychological mm -hmm. where they're told you have to come back, you have yes. to do this. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's like a power yes. struggle, right? A control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's, yeah. yeah. That's one of the, um, what the trafficker does, right? Mm -hmm. Control them. They control, if you are an immigrant survivor, they control by um, threatening with calling immigration because of your immigration status or the threat. There's also like abuse of legal process. They threaten with, um, if it is in a marriage, they threaten with um, getting custody of the kids or getting a divorce, which for some cultures is very, um, yeah. you know, it's a reputational harm. Mm -hmm. And so they, um, yeah, it's about showing what it's also called the means. Um, it's showing that um, there was force, fraud, or coercion, and that involves, you know, threats of abuse of legal um, process or controlling um, for the purposes of getting that um commercial sex or, or involuntary servitude. Yeah. So once, let's say once you encounter someone mm -hmm. who you think, okay, she's a, she's a survivor of trafficking. Do they have to report to law enforcement? So, um, yes, they do have to report to law enforcement, mm -hmm. but there is no need to, um, there is no need to an investigation or, um, prosecution. So, if um, law enforcement, which happens in many cases that I've um, seen, law enforcement can decide not to prosecute or investigate, but that doesn't um, prohibit a person to apply um, for a T visa. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I have a great example of mm -hmm. that. My very, very, very first T visa mm -hmm. I did many, many, many moons ago. Um, she was, we, she, it took her a long time to get the courage to report. But when she reported, FBI didn't really do a full investigation under this because of under the circumstances of who the perpetrators were. Anyways, um, but they still gave her her signed legal, what is it, the LEA, the law enforcement certification, mm -hmm. and she was able to get a T visa. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so it was, but it was the courage to report. Mm -hmm. yes. And do you find that difficult as well that people don't want to report? Sometimes, yes, yes. Um, it is difficult for them. Sometimes they don't want to face their perpetrators or traffickers. They Sometimes they don't want to um, tell their story again. Um, mm -hmm. It's very difficult. Um, they do have to get um, to overcome many things and barriers. Um, they, they have fear um, of being deported. Um, and that's one of the things that traffickers use. And, yeah, it's... it's yeah. I've I encountered a young lady who was trafficked by her aunt and wow. wouldn't report because mm -hmm. it was the family. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen that with our immigrant children and youth program mm -hmm. as well. Once they're released to a sponsor, we've seen that go awry, but the, mm -hmm. it is a distant relative or neighbor and the repercussions are pretty yeah. large. Yeah, so they do have to report 
but it doesn't have to lead to an investigation like we talked about. That's So that's encouraging, but it's also to report so then that way law enforcement can keep an eye out for these people, right? Is yes. that, yeah. that's the... The purpose of the T-Visa, it mm-hmm. was created to um, facilitate law enforcement and investigation and prosecution of traffickers, yes. Yeah, so where what if the survivor doesn't have any ID documents, they don't have their passport, they don't have anything... Um, is that going to be a problem? We talked about that before coming. <laughs> yes. um, so for the purposes of identification in, in the case or for yeah. proof of like a lawful entry? I get Well, we, I don't think we need a lawful entry for, for immigration. So, but mainly just their documentation, right? Their ID. How, how can they go anywhere without having an ID? So um, you can always ask immigration to consider if, for example, there are cases that people came or um, were trafficked by someone close to them and they kept their documents. And yeah. when they are finally escaped the situation, they have nothing. Right. So, um, so we have seen cases where law enforcement helps to get their documents from the trafficker. Um, and that also can be one um, solution. But there is, um, you can always explain immigration, what happened. Um, we've seen that USCIS, the immigration office, understands sometimes. Sometimes you have to explain, but yeah, <laughs> they do um, try to understand why um, the documents are missing. Great. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's not going to be a real problem and and for immigration purposes, but, you know, and they can try to get their documents back from the trafficker, mm-hmm. which would be really helpful. Yes. Because... On a daily basis, they're... So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So one other question. Does the trafficking have to happen in the United States? Um, so we've seen, we have experience with that. Um, we, I will say yes, but um, there are some exceptions. Okay. So most of the cases, so you have to show, that, and that goes back to that requirement of showing the physical presence on account of trafficking. We have mm-hmm. seen, when we apply for TVSA, we have seen the immigration office, USCIS, request information on how, if the trafficking um, happened outside the United States, um, how we are going to show, or our survivors, clients, going to show that they are in the United States on account of trafficking. And so that's one of the um, main difficulties we've seen in T-Visa cases when the trafficking occur or happen outside. You have to, well, what we've done in those cases is to show that um, our client and one of our attorneys did it and was successful in it, um, showing that a minor that came to the United States and fled because she was being trafficked in her own country and came directly to the United States to seek protection. Um, we showed that she had no choice. She couldn't stay. And so she, the reason she came and is in the United States and she is in the United States, it's because of the trafficking. Um, we also had to show that she's receiving services here, like social services, medical services, counseling, um, that she won't be able to get in her country, home country. And that you can show with reports from um, the government about her specific home country. So there, there are some exceptions, but um, you have to be ready to show immigration that the reason they are here is because they are seeking protection from that trafficking. And um, 
yeah, okay. but it's not so easy. Yeah, so, yeah, so easy. Very know, narrowly. Yeah, yes, very yes. narrowly. It, it sounds like the answer is yes, but with very, 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 very rare exceptions. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, the and most of the trafficking that I've seen has happened in the U.S. Right. So I think that's um, the main thing because we, the U.S. law enforcement, is the one who has to investigate mm-hmm. if they choose to do so. Yeah. Right. So, okay, I always get this question, so I'm going to ask it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once they get a T visa, can I travel? Once I have that yes. T visa okay. in my hand, yeah. can I travel? <laughs> so um, the answer is no, until unless I'm sorry, you get um, travel document or advance parole. So there is a possibility for um, holders of T visa to obtain a travel document if there is a need of traveling outside the United States. What if they want to travel back to their home country to see their parents? So there is a risk um, because one of the requirements for um, human trafficking is to show that you will suffer extreme hardship if you are removed and sent back to your home country. And you, uh, once you are, you are holding a T-Visa and you're staying in this status, you have to show that the requirements still apply to you. Um, T visas can be removed and canceled if you um, do not comply, for example, if you commit a crime or if there is something that can be shown that you are not longer um, eligible for a T visa. Yeah. Okay. And what about families? Can they come on a T visa as well? If I'm a survivor of, of human mm-hmm. trafficking, I have a T visa. Can I bring my family? Yes, you can. You can bring your immediate family, um, depending on your age. And there is some um, requirements for fear of retaliation uh, for certain family members. Mm -hmm. But yes, you can bring them here if they are still in home country. And children, they can bring their their brother, their siblings. They can bring their siblings under 18 and they can bring their siblings over 18, if they can show their fear of retaliation, and the parent, it's also included in the application. So, yeah, that's very nice um, because children usually, I've seen a lot of children trafficked, and that seems to be the, you know, what a, I want to bring my mom, mm-hmm. I want my parents, yes. mm-hmm. you know, but then they have siblings. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's helpful because they can bring the whole family, basically, which is nice. Will they eventually be able to get a green card? Yes. So um, T visas are back to citizenship even um, after. So T visas are granted for a period of four years. After the third year, um, the principal applicant and derivatives can apply for residency. And after being resident for five years, they can apply for citizenship. Yay. Mm-hmm. How exciting. That My very first case, she got her green card. You know, she got she had her T visa, got her green card. And I also did her naturalization Mm, because I was, you know, it was one of those things where I really, Mm -hmm. she was endearing to me. I really liked her. So, and unfortunately, because the way she was trafficked, um, she lost complete contact with her family. Mm -hmm. And we had to try to get in touch with Red Cross Mm -hmm. to try to help, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, find her family. Mm -hmm. It took her, I think, 10 years to find her her parents. Yeah. So these are just some of the little tidbits of what happens when you're trafficked, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Yeah. So, well, that's all we have for today. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, Cheeky, for um, coming on. And I hope to have you guys again soon. If anybody has questions or anything about human trafficking, you can always email us at unitedimmigrantfamilies at gmail.com or you can contact GERP at Cheeky. Info at GERP.org. So that's info at G-H-I-R-P. Great. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you both. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Unite Immigrant Families. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more information about me or my guest, please email me at uniteimmigrantfamilies at gmail.com. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. I hope you join us on this bi-weekly podcast. No legal advice was provided and none will ever be provided on this podcast.